Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. to this episode of That's What She Said. This is That's Just the Way It Is and Other Lies. And I've been through one fuck ton of a hell of a lot of medical things in the last, I guess, eight months. Um, And it's been until now, this very moment, that I got my fire back. So this one's going to be spicy. Um, and if you are uh, a person who identifies as male, this one's actually not for you. Skip to any of the others. We're good to go. So ladies, those identify as female, let's talk because I want to talk about, uh, I want to talk about going to the gyno and I don't want to give you like updates on my fucking luteal phase. I want to talk in very generic terms about what happens because you know how you, you, you see a thing in a new way and then you're like, oh my God. So I was at the gyno and, um, uh, my doctor, Dr. Hema was like, if this has been going on for a long time, you have an issue and it's recurring. If this has been going on for a long time, why haven't you brought it to the attention of a doctor? Why haven't, why haven't you raised this as an issue? And I was like, I didn't even know this had a diagnosis or was an issue until right now, like last week, when I found out it had a name, because when I was little and I would say, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening and this is happening in my body, like list of things, my mom would say, well, that's, that's what happens to me too. That's just the way it is. And that's not to fault my mom. That's just how she was raised. That's how like, that just got passed on that that's just the way it is solidified. Okay. If that's just the way it is, like, you know, the sky is blue or it's raining today, 
then there's nothing I can do to fight that, to subvert that, to change that, to move that, or to any way press up against that. If that's just the way it is, then I'm going to learn to deal with it. I'm going to move my life around this really irritating thing, right? The doctor was stunned that it that that lasted and that that's stuck in there. That's just the way it is. And so that's just the way it is can be really helpful and healing. If you were an addict and you can't have alcohol anymore, that's just the way it is. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Commit to your programs and stick with them. If you are pissed about the weather, that is just the way it is. And you can find a way to work around it. But in many cases, particularly in the case of systems in society, that's just the way it is, is simply not true. It's just a way to keep you stuck. So let's talk, let's talk about a very softball with society, which is the use of phones and screens and the rise of the smartphone. Bear's a wedding DJ and he was at a wedding this weekend. There was that moment when the bride and her father are dancing and it's beautiful and they're very present with each other and it's lovely. And he looks around the perimeter and there are lots of people standing around the dance floor. It's a big reception. But every single one of them is holding a phone and videotaping this moment. I.e., everyone is on their screens. No one is actually present for this moment to witness it as it is without trying to record it for posterity's sake. And, and to be frank, we do not need 270 videos of a father-daughter dance from further and further back in the room. That's not a thing that the world needs. So he's just observed that to uh, the band member that was there, because this wedding also had a band. The keyboardist said, you know, last week we played an arena. There were 20,000 people there, not one person in attendance. That is very easy to become one of those, oh, that's just the way it is. People are on their screens all the time. That's just what they do. There's no getting them to put them down. There's no call to presence. And that's a system that's just locking in now that everybody's on their phone and that's okay. But that's not just the way it is. You can be the annoying slash amazing friend who asks your friends when they're with you to put their phones down and who plays the game of, if we're out at a restaurant, let's not touch our phones and let's see who else is winning the game by not touching their phones. If you are in a place where you can put your phone down and leave it down, you're winning the game. Don't let that's just the way it is solidify so that for the rest of our lives, we only get to attend concerts that involve people holding screens while looking in a band because those are not as good as concerts, as concerts where everyone is just there and that's it, right? So that's not just the way it is. And if you're like, yeah, but I'm addicted to my phone and I use it constantly, kristenkelp.com slash space. I converted that to a start anytime program. It will start immediately. And in 21 days of daily emails and funny little gifs, you'll move from, um, most people moved from using the phone for an average of four to six hours to an average of one to two hours. In some cases, way under that, like 17 minutes a day. So big, 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 big leaps in cutting phone usage by 70 to 80%, but not completely just throwing the phone in the trash and never looking at it again, which is probably not a solution for the long term, right? Okay, so that's one of the things you can do. Likewise, uh, when, when it comes to politics, it is easy to look at the political landscape and say that's just the way it is. Yes, currently, many things are the way they are, but 
There are always pieces in motion that you can stand up for or against. There are always pieces in motion that require you to have a voice right in this moment, right now. If you're like, I can't possibly call an office, the Stance app, S-T-A-N-C-E, records your message and sends it along after hours so that it shows up as, um, as something that will be listened to and tallied the next morning for your representatives in, uh, in the Senate and in Congress, but it does not require you to speak to another human being. So I don't even want to hear it, man. It is that simple stance app. Okay. And then there's the big one, which is the bulk of what we're going to talk about right now. And which is why this is a, a, those who identify as female only situation, which is patriarchy. And we want to believe that like dudes being in charge is just the way it is. Yes and no. And the trouble with it is that, um, <laughs> the world has been a patriarchy for thousands of years now, at least from my standpoint as a person whose immig, whose, um, ancestors came from Europe to here. Uh, yeah, looking back on the history of my people and, and where we've sort of come from and moved from, yeah, thousands of years of patriarchy. Cool. Okay. So that's just the way it is, is a yes, that is how it currently is. But I would argue that the danger here is not dudes are being bad, dudes are being mean, dudes are continuing to uh, inflict systemic oppression. For just a moment, consider this concept. I was doing some breath work and this concept popped into my head and I was like, holy shit, this is a thing. This isn't something I came up with. And that is internal oppression. Internal oppression is when you begin to adopt and act like the external oppressor inside your own head. So if you are taking part in um, systematic oppression, which if you are female living in a patriarchy, that's exactly what that is. Um, even if that completely disappeared, internal oppression means that you're still going to use those systems, those rules and those ways of being, those habits that you've created to oppress yourself. So even if the world completely did a 180, everybody is equal across the board in every way, in every sense of the word, we as females who grew up when that wasn't the case would still have to fight with our own internal oppression. And that sounds really fucking lofty and philosophical. So I want to talk about specific questions and I just want you to be honest with yourself as you answer them. And I'm going to start with a doozy, which is, do you, and this is something um, that a person who asked me a question this week said, okay? So this is directly stolen from phrasing that I did not make up. This is a human who asked me a thing. Do you deeply believe you're not worth it? What I mean is, in a very practical sense, your internal fulfillment and external needs come after the needs and desires of pick a, pick a few, your partner, your kids, your pets, your extended family members, world peace, organizations that you're in charge of, your business, whatever it is. Once all suffering has been eliminated in the 435 people closest to you, then your needs can take center stage, which means you'll never be fulfilled. And that's somehow okay because reasons you are smart. You can come up with reasons that everything you do is justified and every action you take is the right action. I'm not questioning those things. I'm just asking, do you deeply believe you're not worth it? Because that is internal oppression. 
It's going to make a lot of changes across a lot of different parts of your life. And it's not going to be caused by someone else. It's going to be something internal that lives in you that causes you to act differently. Do you routinely shove your opinions down and or try uh, talking yourself out of having those opinions? Okay, and this is where I get the most fired up, so just stick with me. Um, you most definitely have feelings about the current political climate. That is a completely not partisan statement. You most definitely have feelings about the current political climate. You have subjects that make you wild with rage. You have patterns that you do not want to repeat. And you have people that make you batshit with their opinions and their ideas and the shit that they do that just seems like unfounded and wow, what is going on? You don't have to go from failing to express yourself to launching tirades on anyone who will listen, but you are allowed to have those thoughts, have those feelings, have those opinions and express them. And I'm saying this and you're like, if any part of you is like, duh, stay with me today, today, literally before this, which sort of threw me for a loop and I had to work through my rage. Very, very white dudes uh, saw some things about Ballsy and they saw uh, Nick and I saying that in statistics, like census level statistics of earnings among genders, that female photographers make 40% less per year than male photographers. Okay. That was, that was statistically verified information they were receiving. Um, and the concept of ballsy that, uh, women need a bit of help selling more work with less hesitation and frustration because you're a woman. There are things you have to undo and it's different. Okay. So these very white dudes said that they've never seen women are treated differently than men. And they're pretty certain those stats about women making 40% less than men are false. That happened today for this very situation for Ballsy. That's dudes expressing doubt about actual facts that women are sharing and discounting their experiences as females, which is what we're talking about. Like I experienced this as a female while they are males. That is the definition of misogyny. So the next time that you want to shove an opinion down about something like lettuce or kale or something that is not a big deal, and that's most definitely not misogynistic. Remember that if dudes can discount facts and call everything they don't like or that's inconvenient fake news, you most certainly have the right to express your love of a, of a TV show or a poem or tacos or stand up for injustice wherever you see it. And discounting women's accounts of their own experiences is injustice every single fucking time. Moving on, do you speak in question marks more often than periods? So if you ever introduce yourself as anything at all, I'm not talking about in business, just, hi, my name is Marcy, and um, I'm here today to talk about shoes and uh, anything that has that rhythm to it. Do you routinely use that rhythm when you're not asking a question? So anything that goes, what up, what up, what up, versus what up, what up. What a. Do you routinely override strong instincts about a person, place, project, 
or venture. And those can be good instincts, like I should take that class, or protective instincts, like I should avoid this street, or I should go a different way, or I don't feel safe, so I'm going to do this instead. Because those tiny nudges and intuitive hits are vital to your aliveness, and they grow with time and attention. When you ignore your instincts, you deaden your truest self, which makes reaching fulfillment at any level more difficult. Because as we've talked about before, you have the physical world, the interior continent, and the truest work. And when you deaden your instincts, you cut yourself off from your own interiors. So that, and without going through the interior continent, you can't get to your truest work. And that leaves you with the physical world, which is really not the sum total of the experience of life. It's great and all, but if I had to give up my interior continent and my truest work, I would be a sad, sad creature. When you honor those instincts, whether they're positive or they're trying to protect you, when you nurture your connection to yourself and therefore to the world around you, you're growing and you grow that part of you. I once heard Brian Andreas, who founded Story People and who I think is a great human, say, the first intimacy is with yourself. The first intimacy is with yourself. When you deny what you are feeling internally, you are ruining your own intimacy with yourself. Next marker of internal oppression. Do you delay pursuits, projects, and ideas until quote-unquote later, which often becomes never? The unwritten books, the untaught classes, the unmade art, the forgotten hobbies or abandoned tools. These things are dying to be used, to be made, to be, to be put into practice. We actually care about what you have to say. We, being the world of humans, actually care about what you have to say. It's easy to believe that isn't true. And doesn't the world have enough of whatever you offer? Uh, no, actually, it doesn't. It doesn't have your voice. And so long as you are not a hate group extremist selling out tours of hatred, which I know you're not, speak up. Use your voice. Maybe you'll never have worldwide fame. Maybe you're not making the next Titanic or Black Panther or Harry Potter or magnificent blockbuster that beats all sales records and goes on to net billions. That doesn't mean your work isn't worth making. Have only blockbusters touched your heart? Have only the biggest or most popular works of art moved you at a human level? Have only people with a minimum following of one million people shifted your ways of being in the world? No. Of course not. You can be the one who moves people, but you have to start and you have to use your voice. As Rob Bell says, make a crappy version of the thing. He's not the only one. That's just the one that stuck with me. Make a crappy version of the thing. Not the perfect version with an unlimited budget and an unlimited amount of time and 14 espresso-fueled interns working nonstop. Make the version that has wheels and can move, but is not a sports car yet. You will naturally iterate on that first version, and from that iteration, from that tweaking, you'll make a better, less crappy version of the thing. Internal oppression question, the next one. Do you get caught in perfectionism with projects that are quote-unquote almost done? And this specifically I'm calling out to those of you who hire me at some point um, for coaching, and you have a website, 
that is completely and totally lined up ready to go, but you haven't pressed publish on it. And when I say, how long has that been like that? The answer is never less than two months. Typically, it's more like six months to a year that there is a version of your website that exists online. And there is this truer version that you've held back for some reason. And that's not to make you wrong. That's not to be bad. That is a symptom of internal oppression. Do you get caught in perfectionism with projects that are almost done? Perfectionism is another form of fear and feeling less than. Like if you could just find the perfect font, you would be bulletproof and no one would think or say or feel anything even slightly negative about you ever again. Only that's not how it works. And you know it and I know it. And can we just acknowledge that taste is relative? So keeping your work from the world is only hurting you. Because what if it's amazing? What if it's more fulfilling than you could have imagined? What if you could help people or touch people or move people or love people with whatever you've got that's in an almost phase right now? We are so happy with almost. I will be, I am so happy with people who are almost cleaning plastic out of the oceans than the people who never started or the person with the perfect blueprint who never shared it. The next internal oppression question, do you ask for permission to complete a normal human task or justify a business expense? I.e. asking permission, so can I take this class, person who is not involved in my business? Can I go to this workshop, friend who has no idea of what that workshop is or whether it's worth it? And if you're like, uh, no, that's just being respectful to your partner that you discuss expenses. Yes, I agree. Discussing expenses is kind, but asking permission is different. So I, I talked, I ran this past bear. Like, would it ever occur to you to ask me about buying new speakers if you needed them? Because he's a DJ and he needs tools and purchasing those tools is necessary for him to make a living. And he like straight up guffawed at me like, Phew. <laughs> no. Please allow yourself the same grace that if you need it, buy it. And if you're like, oh, I don't need that or that or that or that, or you don't trust yourself to know what you need, tune back into your instincts. Not to, is this shiny? Is this cute? But tune into your instincts. If your instincts keep moving you toward a thing, a topic, a project, a film, a class, a program, a place, Honor them without asking anyone else what they think you should do. When you ask for permission, you give other people your power. You just hand it right over. So if ballsy is something that as a class is interesting to you, it has some sort of aliveness about it and it draws you toward it. Now is the time to get it. So we've extended the class for another week in terms of registration because people have questions and they're taking their time deciding and that's fine. But my sense is that if your instincts are pulling me toward you and you toward me, and this is something that's interesting to you, if some part of you is leaning forward for this podcast, and if you're pissed off, the dudes discount the experiences of women simply because they're women. Yeah. Ballsy's for you. So let's do this thing. Internal oppressor question. Next one. Do you go out of your way to remove hurdles to your partner or your roommate or whomever you live with to atone for your absence? So uh, I would do this all the time when I was married. I'm going to go out of town for three to five days. Um, you stock the fridge with meals, right? 
you make sure the house is clean. I've been there. I've done that. You come back to dudes who order pizza every day, regardless of the fact that you had meals ready for them. Here's the thing. You are not required to take care of your partner as if he or she or they or a child. Assume anyone over the age of 18 can feed and bathe themselves without destroying the house. And to be perfectly honest in the patriarchy here, do men, when they leave the house for three days, clean the house and provide you with three days worth of meals and a list of things that you need to take care of or that they've taken care of or don't worry about or like helpful to do's? No, never, never, ever, right? Because that's a thing. That's internal oppression. I feel really guilty. I have to do some things to feel less guilty about my going away. When in fact, you're going away is part of your business or is necessary or is simply relief from the everyday life, which is in fact necessary. Next up, because I know this one's coming, internal oppression question, do you keep your daily work invisible? Wait, you say, I can hear you. Like my partner doesn't know where the kids get picked up after school. I've never sent them grocery shopping and they don't know what brands we like. I've never shared my meal planning or secret morning routines that keep everything moving smoothly. And I put the kids to bed at precisely 17, 7.15, but they're not home till 7.30. They've never seen the way I do bedtime with the secret bedtime song on the exact global positioning of the bedroom door that allows the life-preserving boogeyman thwarting light from the hall to come inside. They don't know because you haven't shown them. That's keeping your work invisible, which ensures that only you can do it. See how that internal oppressor oppresses yourself? If you never write down the routine, if you never share the meal plans or record the tasks or update the schedule or shove off some everyday tasks that you've decided take too much work to explain, you will never get out of the current predicament, which is you do all the things and they're invisible. Take notes write it down, share what you do whenever possible with whomever is responsible for your household with you. And the moan of, I just can't do it like you do, is often to mostly to completely bullshit that keeps you shackled with unrelenting amounts of invisible work. Okay. If someone is willing to do the laundry and it's not going to be exactly right, but it's 90% close, that's a win. Take it. Internal oppressor question, do you routinely give your work away for free? If you've acquired skills by spending time, energy, and or money, you are justified in charging money for them when they take up your time and energy. That yoga training costs hundreds of hours and thousands of dollars. Those quote-unquote self-taught skills you have ate up years worth of weekends and thousands of dollars worth of workshops. You're still paying for your degree in that field. Your work is worth money, always. And even if you can't believe that your skills are worth money, if the perfectionist in you is like, I'm not there yet, I'm not to that place, I'm not quite where I want to be, your time alone is justification for charging dollars in exchange for your work. I repeat, even if your internal oppressor cannot believe your skills are worth money, your time alone is justification for charging dollars in exchange for your work. Okay? Okay. Internal oppressor question. We're almost done. Do you refer to your, to your quote unquote little project or say it's just your business or it's only a recital, only a premiere, only a showing, only a party that you're actually really proud of? Because if you don't respect your work, no one else will. When you minimize it, you're minimizing your very being on this planet. 
You don't have to minimize who you are or what you do in order to be liked, make money, or gain success. In fact, we're more likely to give you money when you trust you. When you let your projects and your life and your work be as big as they actually are. When you don't use the words little or just or only to diminish yourself. We like you more that way. Internal oppression question number 11. Do you treat your business as a hobby because it doesn't make X dollars, where X is 20 to 200% more than you currently make? Because that pattern won't go away. You'll hit that goal and then you'll just keep this implied that, oh no, it's 20% away from what I just said. And then it's 20% more than that. And those less than patterns stick around no matter how much money you make. The legitimacy of your business, of your work, is a function of your attitude, not a function of income. Your business becomes serious the minute you take it seriously. So you made $300 last month? Awesome. We're going to make $3,000 this year? Rad. Financial success is not the only success. Have you found more internal freedom? Have you found a creative outlet? Have you found a way to pay for a magical trip to a tiny island where you don't have to put up with any misogynist bullshit? <laughs> have you found others who wrap you in community and thus make you feel less alone in this being human thing? Those are all forms of not financial success, and they're made when you respect your work regardless of its current financial earning. Financial success is not the only success. Your business becomes serious when you take it seriously. And finally, question number 12, do you pretend you don't know what you already know at some deep level? So that project lost its spark. The deadline for that grant has already passed and you didn't apply. The relationship is over. Facing the truth of a situation, no matter how hard, prevents the pain of avoiding it, which is arguably worse. And it can go on for the rest of your life if you let it. If a trauma happens to you when, you thir when you're 13 and you spend all of your energy avoiding that pain, that will become a pain of its own, which is the pain of avoiding. Do you pretend you don't know what you already know at some deep level? Because that's not just the way it is. It doesn't have to be that way. These are patterns you can change. All of these questions point to patterns you can change with a bit of recognition of what's going on and some focused attention. Ballsy brings attention to those particular patterns and helps you move through them in a healthy, vigorous way. And by vigorous, I mean fairly quickly. This is not like, well, you need six months to work on. This is let's move through these things. You don't have to shrink yourself to be well-liked. You don't have to be well-liked to begin with. And you sure as shit don't have to deny your deepest knowing and fiercest instincts to survive as a woman in the world. You're capable of thriving. You're capable of overcoming the internal oppression. You're capable of outgrowing the forms of oppression that you've encountered. You're capable of overcoming your asshole brain. You're capable of doing so much more than you give yourself credit for. And I know that. I know that like through my bones. I know that. And that when women get bigger, the world gets better. Period. End of story. Bigger energetically, bigger physically. Like, take up space. Fuck that thigh gap. Bigger emotionally, bigger spiritually, bigger with their ideas, bigger with their dreams. 
when the world gets bigger, when women get bigger, the world gets better. So let's get bigger already. And if you're like, yeah, I don't know. I just don't know. I want to read these questions again. And if you say yes to two or more of them, then Baldi will help you tremendously. Okay, let's do this. Do you deeply believe you're not worth it? Just hold fingers up for yes. Do you routinely shove your opinions down or trying to talk yourself out of those, of having those opinions, even in not life or death matters, like where to eat dinner or what to do on Sunday afternoon? Do you speak in question marks more than periods? Do you routinely override strong instincts about a person, place, project, or venture, or all the above? Do you delay pursuits, project, and ideas until later, which becomes never. Do you get caught in perfectionism with projects that are almost done? And usually those have been almost done for months. Do you ask for permission to complete a normal human task or to justify a business expense? Do you go out of your way to remove hurdles to your partner in order to atone for your absence? Do you routinely give your work away for free? Do you refer to your little project or say it's just your business or only a recital, premiere, showing, event, something that you're actually really proud of? Do you treat your business as a hobby because it doesn't make X dollars where X is always 20 to 200% more than you currently make? Do you pretend you don't know what you already know at some deep level? If you answered yes to two or more of those questions, Ballsy will help you tremendously whether you own a business or not. We start Monday. This is coming out on Tuesday, the following Monday, which is the 23rd. Okay? So um, that's the last day for registration. Okay? So let's do this thing. Let's, let's go further into this. Let's find your internal oppressor and let's shut that shit down. Because it's really just not doing you any good. If you have questions, you have comments, you have ideas, um, you want to know more about Ballsy, it's at ballsy.club. If you're like, I don't know, I just want to talk about this thing because I'm not sure what the... Yeah, send me the long rambling email. That's fine. I'm at k at kristenkelp.com. Otherwise, if you're female, you're breathing, you identify as female, you answered yes to two or more of those questions and there were 12 of them, Get your ass in ballsy. Let's do this thing. It is time. It is time to overcome that internal oppressor. It's time to get bigger. And I can't wait to see what happens. May you catch yourself when you're oppressing yourself. May you find the courage and the fortitude necessary to get bigger. May you never doubt your experiences just because a white dude does. May you stand up for yourself when necessary. May you overcome the perfectionism that says this is almost ready and it's been almost ready for a long time. May you know the joy of finding and using your voice and deepening it as the years go on. And may you always, always, always believe that you and your work are worth it.
Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format, one gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.